This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geek, show number 345, recorded on February 15th, 2018. Here at Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that come News reviews, product updates, and conversation all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live from the Average Guy TV studios here in a beautiful and honestly, Mike, beautiful Bellevue, Nebraska. We have had some great run of weather. Doesn't like 40 feel like 60 or 70 degrees? Isn't it great? I'm like ready for my shorts, swimsuit, shirts off. Yeah, I'm ready. Oh my All gosh. That snow, but it's weird because there's still snow on the ground. So that snow disappeared in a day. It did. Uh, with, with this weather. It did. We had about four inches, and I think it was gone just in one day, just kind of gone off the lawn. The piles that you know you, you, you shoveled off, those are still around. But kind of nice to have some nice weather. Spring is not in the air quite yet, but it will it will be here shortly. Of course, you guys down in Australia, you're getting ready for winter. Sorry about that. Of course, we take the show notes, post them live each week out at the average guy. TV. Don't forget, you can join us live on our mobile app as well, provided by LastPass. I want to thank them for their sponsorship. If, you, uh, if you're if you listening on the road, the best way to listen to us, HomeGadgetGeeks.com. That's just for this show. A great way to get in, get involved, stay involved, and, and get it streaming while we are live uh, each week. So it's absolutely free, so no reason not to have it on your phone. You can also listen to the recorded versions and the edited versions after the fact. HomeGadgetGeeks.com. Thank LastPass for their sponsorship. We also want to thank Dwayne Robinson last week for joining us. Lots of good comments from you guys so over at Jim at the Average TV. So thanks for sending those in. Some great comments back about the rig and some of the detail. If there's one thing Dwayne is, one, he's super good at talking. And two, he's super detail-oriented. Yeah. He doesn't miss anything in the process. And so Dwayne did a nice job of filling us in. Lots of good uh, gear. I think, Mike, uh, some of the comments, and, and we were talking about, listen, pre-show, we probably won't cover too much more crypto for the next couple weeks or maybe even month or two. Here in this program, we're going to take it all to the post-show. But uh, I think uh, for a lot of folks, the Mike, the most, the biggest comment I got back was, man, GPUs are so expensive, right, that it's just become cost prohibitive. Yeah, I think like the mining stuff, even if you're not mining, it's affecting you in some way, or at least you're noticing it with GPU prices or RAM prices or, you know, all your friends talking about it. So hopefully we hit something that, you know, everyone, everyone liked, even if you're not into the mining thing. And I think it was Kevin said earlier in the chat, he's like, you know, even if you're not mining, people like learning about it. So, but yeah, yeah. We're all in the post show now. So you can still get your crypto fix. Yeah. You just got to stick around. Uh, stick around for the post show, listen live, or you can join us uh, just a dollar a month. Uh, on our Patreon account. So go out to theaverageguy.tv slash support. Many of you have done that. Uh, we appreciate it. There's a lot of names as I look at the list. Brian Auer, Paul Brarin, uh, Michael Ray, Eddie Ramirez, MB Gilbertson, Kevin Schoonover, Justin Simmons, John Biggins, uh, Dennis Pillow, I out in chat tonight, uh, Nathaniel Lindley, Chad Davis, Trevor Stevens, Jonathan Hill, Jonathan Brand New, and Chris Brown as well. Kevin, Kevin Schmidt, uh, Mark Robson, uh, Ryan Kirshner, Jay Cleveland Payne, John Larson. Uh, John's been a guest on the show a couple times. Appreciate that. Chad Johnson, uh, Gavin Campbell, Emily Prokop. Emily, our, uh, our lone lady representing in the chat room. Eric Janofsky, Peter Dennett, Jim uh, Shoemaker, Dwayne Johnson, who was on last week. 
uh, Malcolm Lacey, Mike Weger, of course, sitting across from me. And then, uh, of course, the North Omaha podcast. And I don't know, I'm I'm blanking on his name. Steve Sleeper is who that is. There you go. So we appreciate, you know, every once in a while. I got to mess up a name in there every once in a while. So I was, we, I'm impressed. You nailed it. I think I got it. But uh, we thank you guys. Uh, some of you at the dollar, some of you at three, some of you more. Uh, we appreciate you guys supporting. And all that crypto conversation, Mike and I have some of it stacked up tonight. It's actually going to get a little more planned and a little more purposeful in the post show. So if you want to uh, get involved in the crypto conversation available uh, out there for just a dollar on, we appreciate you guys doing that uh, tonight. Uh, the, what we're going to do a little bit, we're going to talk a little bit about news. There's been some super cool tech news, a little feature. And of course, uh, I think no surprise, we're going to talk a little SpaceX. I think that has been huge in the news and a lot to talk about there. And then Mike and I are going to talk a little bit about what we're working on, uh, what's kind of going on. And then we'll move into the post show with that. Mike, it's been hard to miss the Olympics. Uh, especially here, if you're in the United States, coverage is insane. There's a billion different ways to watch it. None of them are free. Uh, well, there is, there's some over the air stuff, but you end up watching curling and some of them. Oh, Hey, let's not knock the curling. That's one of my favorite ones to watch, uh, uh, during the winter Olympics, to be honest. You know, has curling, has curling taken on kind of like a new, almost groupie like following in the Olympics? Because I know a lot of folks in the U S are watching it. Do you, you feel that? Really feel like that. I mean, everyone's doing parody videos of it. It's got like kind of like this cult following in the U.S., which is a lot of fun. Yeah, it's it's been weird. It's kind of caught folks by surprise. It has yeah. some a similar, you know, like you know, half pipe and slope style, and some of those really cool. By the way, we created a new event for the Olympics. It's called ice fighting, and it's actually done inside an ice cube. So think of USC inside a big ice cube, right? And then. You'd have a speed track on the inside, and the ski jump is how you would start. So the competitors would come from either side. They would slide down, and it would launch them into each other. And then they would have to fight in the cube and slide around. 100% safe? Sounds amazing. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, so the the, the shoes, kind of style, the, shoes the guys use on, on curling, that's what made me think of it. You know, they just kind of slide along. So you could do, like, you could, you could get going really fast, get points for speed, and then, like, a you know, a triple axle kick to the face, that'd be worth, if you make contact, it's worth more points. I mean, ice fighting ratings on the Olympics shoot straight up. Oh, Don't way you? up there. You, people are watching that. That's pay-per-view stuff. That's, you know, people are going to start paying to watch that. Yeah, ice fighting. It just, you heard it here first on Home Gadget Geeks. But in the opening ceremony, something I thought about you as I was seeing this video, of course, they deployed some 1,200 drones, I think, or something like that out in a swarm and did all these cool visualizations with a mic. Did you get a chance to see that? I did actually. Yeah. My, uh, my mom sent me a text. Are you watching the opening ceremony? I'm like, no, I'm not. She goes, you got to see this. Sent me a link to the video. And yeah, so pretty much they now have these, a swarm is a good way to put it. A swarm of drones that are computer controlled and they program these things to do amazing light shows. So you imagine at night you've got drones with lights on them. And I mean, it's just phenomenal what they can do now with these drones and you really start to see like this might be the future of, of advertising, at least for nighttime activities. Uh, it, it was super cool. Very different. Um, it was like, it was almost like seeing fireworks that stayed in the sky, right? We're used to seeing at night, a lot of big bright fireworks and, and with these drones now they can really get them to do absolutely anything. And very, very interesting. We saw this at the, uh, I believe it was the Super Bowl a year ago. 
And then now we're seeing it at the Olympics. Definitely the Olympics version was far more improved than the Super Bowl version was. So over the years, it's gotten a lot better. It's just a very cool use case for those drones. It was interesting. Intel was on hand for this and then I think spent a lot of money to kind of make sure that they had their name on this and it was going to happen and a lot of those things. I often, I kind of wonder how many fell out of the sky. Don't you think there was probably, we probably couldn't see it, but don't you think there were a few collisions? You would imagine. Or, yeah. Apparently I saw a background video on this and they are very well programmed to not hit each other. Um, they There's a video of you can go see how these things are programmed. And the guy says, okay, where do you, where do you want me to send these things? He's like, okay, send them through this doorway down the hall. And he does it. He just sits one command and they're programmed to avoid each other. So you don't have to give a direction to each one. It's more of like this group programming. Uh, but yeah, you're right. There's definitely one that's like trailing out of the sky. It's like, well, it looks like a shooting star falling Maybe down. like a battery. You know, you think a piece of hardware fails. Oh, true. Besides right? programming, there's a lot of things that can go yeah. wrong with these things. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's so, the interesting part for me is the battery life. Um, what what can they because they can't be that big. Those things are not large drones. Yeah. They're tiny drones. No, they're small. Just a just a light, but right. but you know a, a light that can change colors. They could do different things with it. They could get different patterns with it. I'm we we saw early four or five years ago. I was at you know University of Nebraska at Omaha, our our university, and they were already trying to do swarming patterns. Uh, with in, in drones four or five years ago weren't were in the space they're in today not not as popular expensive as all get out but they were really starting to study swarms and the way swarms worked and I and I even believe there's some element of fluid dynamics that work with swarms in other words they act look and and have some of the same characteristics as liquid uh, because that gives it that fluid motion that they're doing. And so they studied fluid dynamics to get to kind of the understanding of how these drones should relate to one another rather than kind of a jerky, kind of herky-jerky pattern. So it's kind of interesting. Yeah. Kind of like when you see those swarms of birds that you'll get a bit like during migration season. And then when they move, you're right, it kind of looks more like liquid than it does individual objects. Yeah. When you think about other applications for this, so really cool, Super Bowl, Olympics, those kind of sporting events. Right. But when you think of other practical applications, Mike, when how can we take, because all this stuff, you know, we're going to talk about SpaceX a little bit later. And we think about all the things we've gotten out of the space program. Mm -hmm. When you think about drones and swarming and some of those things, can you think of any business applications or any average guy applications where swarming would be beneficial? How could I take advantage of swarming or what, what kind of benefit it might it have just to the public, do you think? I What I think it's going to improve is uh, things that we've already seen with drones. They're just going to get better. So we think of monitoring. So let's say uh, Sprint, Verizon, they're going out and they need to inspect their towers. Well, a swarm of tiny drones with cameras on them can build a model probably a lot faster than getting one drone up and doing it. So if you had a swarm, you could get up there and you could get very detailed, very close, and you could build a 3D model and really inspect these things much faster, number one, and much more accurately, number two. So I think you're just going to start to see it as a a better way to do some of the things we're already doing. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of really cool advances too. But if you think about it in those terms, um, much faster and much more accurate models is what yeah. I think is going to be a, a huge business model. The more fun one I thought too was, okay, this is during the night because they have lights on them. So what do you do, do during the day? You can program these things. I think you should put a mirror on them and you could get out and reflect the sun and you could do the same sort of thing just with mirrors instead of lights, uh, do some fun stuff with the sun there. Yeah. 
No. Camouflage, right? If they've all got mirrors on them, these things swarm around an object and put a mirror on, and also that object is just gone. True. Like out, like out in the desert. Yeah. They do that. Yeah. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, I think there's probably some military applications. Oh just, yeah. You know, I wasn't going to go down that path, but I'm sure there are yeah. plenty of those. Um, yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I'm sure they're all, it's actually already happening. This probably came from the military to begin with. And then he's like, oh, hey, we could put lights on them and make them look cool. Right. Do ca- do cowboys. I think one of them was a snowboarder, right, that that they did. And then they, they did kind of a flying animal. So I wonder what that sounded like, too, you know, to have that many, to have a thousand plus drones in the air uh, all at the same time. Could you imagine what that would sound like as that comes swooping down on you? Just think. You know, you're in hot pursuit, and instead of sending the helicopter, they send a swarm. Right. Uh, you know, and can you imagine, you know, no foot traffic. You can't really get away from them. They're going to probably overcome you, and they can oh, get yeah. around, right? They can get around things. Half of them could go fly. You know, if you go into an area, half of them could keep flying while the other half. I mean, there's just a lot. I think there's just a lot of applications for them. So it's, would you, wouldn't you love to have control of even, say, 20 drones? Wouldn't that be yeah. cool? Oh yeah. The application for even just, I would take three or four. I just think what you could do with that would be a lot of fun. You're right though. 20 getting a control of a lot of those would be a lot of fun. Yeah. You start to see too. I mean, you see what, so DJI just came out with the Mavic air. So it's an adaptation of their Mavic drone, which is the drone that when we had our drone show, we mentioned was one of our favorite drones. We thought the Mavic was one of the best options um, out there when Dave was on. And now they have the DJI Mavic air they've got so much technology and they crammed it into this tiny form factor these things are getting so smart it used to be when you had a small drone like that you you were limited right you had to take out things either you were limited by battery or by the smarts the sensors and they are just getting smaller and smaller and cramming all of the sensors that you used to only be able to have in one of the big form factor drones into these tiny things so that alone is going to make these swarms even more useful right because if we can put all those sensors into all these drones it's a big deal. Yeah, lots of good uh, ideas in the chat room. Kevin says swarm of drones with thermal imaging to search for missing people. That would be awesome. That's right? true. Yeah. Uh, send oh, them out that way. Sweeping over mountains. If someone, you know, because the mountains, a lot of times people are falling and, and getting lost and yeah. hurt. Yeah, that'd be a great. We're going to use drones. Dennis says uh, we're going to use drones for alignment of point to point wireless systems on towers. Oh, there you go. Also, drones could provide wireless connectivity where in in areas that don't have it for short periods of time so you could deploy you know a blanket or a swarm of drones to go out and and provide that linear point-to-point connectivity i think that's kind of what dennis is talking about so that could be cool right um uh nathaniel says he's got two iphones rocking tonight keep the chat one and the youtube stream on the other that's not a swarm of drones but that's a swarm of iphones there you go that he's got going on listen that is the way by the way that's the best way to have the chat on one device and have the the video on the other if you're doing this i might have a i was i was gonna tell you jim and i'll just mention it got brought up i think i have a solution for that for uh going forward so we'll talk later Hmm. but maybe being able to get that and that all on one device that would actually work pretty well okay We'll we'll come back to it. Um, Kevin also so, uh, says a swarm of drones to act as a decoy for guided missiles. That could be, you know, Ooh. think you could you could kick out. So instead of kicking out flares, flares you kick out drones. Yeah, and they would swarm together and create that pattern for you. And in, in what other way? You can create any shape. You could trick 
Yeah, this has a lot of applications. If you think of tricking any sort of radar or sonar, I mean, you can form any shape you want with these. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. If you could get heat on them, like as in you could control the heat levels on each, you could really disguise these things as anything in the air. And all is all is good until they go, you know, till they get a conscious, you know, consciousness, yeah, and then they don't want to die for Once you. Once they get AI, we're we're not. Then they, they're like, no, I'm not going to take a bullet for you. Are you kidding? So, well, some good stuff. Uh, it's really cool with the Olympics being in South Korea. I feel like they've got their act together. This isn't Sochi, Russia, where they were barely finishing the, the you know, the, the buildings and had no snow four years ago. Um, I feel like South Korea has done it really well. A lot of good tech, a lot of really great coverage. Yep. Uh, I also think you know, coverage is an area where drones can help too, as we think about some of the some of the shots you just couldn't get before with a camera that you can get now because you can be flying a, a pretty good drone up there. Um, let's make a, sh- uh, a switch from drones to Pizza Hut delivery. I found an interesting article this week. And, you know, we always think of self-driving vehicles as being, you know, we think, oh, the it's going to take over the Uber, disrupt the Uber model and mm-hmm. transporting people. What about Delivering pizza. So Toyota unveiled a concept vehicle called the ePallet, which would host a mobile store, act as a ride-sharing service, or deliver packages. We could do it all, and those packages would be pizza. The announcement was unveiled at CES. I did not hear about this in this any of the CES coverage um, that I was doing, but it looks like the automaker, this is Toyota, is uh, teaming up with a handful of partners, including Pizza Hut, Amazon, Chinese ride-sharing giant um, Didi. And Uber, so interesting concept. If you get a if you get a, ch- a chance, I'll put the link in the show notes. It looks like a van with no windows, and of course, it's got a Pizza Hut logo on the side. How sweet would that be, Mike? To just get because you know, food delivery is actually, you know, like they're worried about one of the things they're worried about with autonomous vehicles and having people in them. Uh, did Did you lose me for a second? Yeah, I lost okay. you. I you, lost you too. Yeah, I can't even see you. Go. So. Oh, well, let's give it a I second too. Oh, now I can see you. So. Okay. We'll give there it a second go. to come back. So th- imagine, you know, one of the, I was talking with Vint Cerf last time he was a Gallup and he said, you know, one of the problems with autonomous vehicles is not the vehicle itself. It's actually the people who get in them. And as soon as there's, they get in a vehicle that they don't have accountability for, they wreck it. They destroy it. It's a, it's a pretty common thing. Like how do you protect the vehicle from people? Not the other way around. Mm-hmm. Well, so we start thinking, you know, maybe a better autonomous solution. And we, you know, Bezos has talked about flying drones to get deliveries, but why not? This actually makes more sense to me to really get this going of having autonomous vehicles deliver things first packages, food, medicine, right? Don't you think? It makes a lot more sense than drones. I completely agree. Yeah, it especially fits better, model, fits better with what we have already. Fits better with the whole battery life technology. I mean, everything just points more to this than drones. Yeah, especially when you're thinking like food. Like right. seriously, do you really want to lift food right. and deliver it that way when it should go into a nice warm vehicle and the thing kind of pulls up and you walk out and it, you know your phone would buzz, "Hey, your pizza's outside." And you know, you just go out to the driveway, a secure door would open that has your pizza in it. Yeah. Your Chinese food in it, your whatever Philly cheesesteak sandwich, whatever. Right. I mean, uh, that I think 
when we think about the model awkward hostage exchange when you get a pizza and deliver guy comes like money pizza (laughs) eliminates that whole experience i'm a fan do you tip an anonymous or i mean do you tip a a a robot driver or what (laughs) no i like like how you didn't even pause you were like nope nope well actually my first thought was this is great eliminates the whole need to tip yeah yeah well but I think it's a, I mean, I, it, I haven't really thought about food delivery and I haven't really put the two and two together where I think we get way more traction with food delivery vehicle autonomy or via autonomous vehicles as, as opposed to drones. I mean, I know we're trying to deliver everything via drones, but right. kind of like, is that really practical? You know, people trying to shoot those things down. The, the only drawback is, you know, it's two in the morning and a pizza is being delivered to your house. Do a bunch of drunk teenagers attack the vehicle? Oh, I'm stalking yeah. that Pizza Hut car for sure. I'm following that thing. And as soon as it gets in the driveway, I don't know how it works, but I'm, I'm opening it and getting that. Pizza. Yeah. Yeah. You would have to, you'd have to, it'd have to be pretty secure. I just, I just wonder in this autonomous world how safe these things are going to be, you know, just because humans, just because of that reason, like, Hey, nobody's in there. I'm going to break into this thing. I'm going to hijack this thing. I'm maybe that's why Jeff wants to do drones, right? It's harder to get that drone out of the sky than it is to hijack the car. um, Right. You know, the vehicle. I think it'll be, I think there'll be, uh, I don't know, adaptations of those that makes them a lot safer, burglar proof, that kind of thing. Yeah, well, they're going to have to figure it out, and they always do, right? Sure. They always, they always come up with these solutions, and you're like, "How are they going to figure this out?" And but we always do. The other thing about that too is, okay, but if you have an autonomous car that doesn't have a steering wheel, what's good about me breaking into it? I can't drive it away anywhere, right? Like if I don't have control of the software, it has no really input device. I can't, yeah. I can't hot wire the autonomous no. vehicle and then drive it it's just so, vandalism though that's what that's what ruins it is people want to wreck things yeah you know? but i mean i don't think they'd want to vandalize that any more they would than you know your rich neighbor's mercedes-benz you know what i mean like right uh, but we'll see i don't know i think it's going to be a problem they're gonna have to figure it out they're gonna have to figure out and we're gonna have to adjust to it it the is coming and stealing the pizza that's definitely gonna happen <laughs> you're right that i mean if, if i if it's labeled pizza and I've even had one beer. You're 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 going for it. It's two thirty in the morning, and you're going for it. Yeah, I just think they're gonna have to figure it out, and they'll probably have to be. You know, the picture in the post is you know Pizza Hut labeled on the side. I I don't I don't think I think it's gonna have to be a white labeled van. Yeah. Or, right. I mean, don't you think? Although, yeah, I don't know. It's we deliver gonna... Brussels sprouts. Everyone's like, yeah, yeah, we'll let them go. We... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brussels sprouts. Brussels sprout onions. delivery. Yeah, onion delivery. Onion I uh, I love some people like onions. I um, you know, yeah. So I think it's just going to be one of those things where we're going to have to kind of get that. We're, to to make that technology work, we're going to have to kind of overcome it from a cultural um standpoint, and it we're just going to figure it out. So coming, uh, I think coming, uh, I think delivery coming autonomous vehicles in the next five years. I, I think we'll see those pretty quick. They're wanting to get those things. Out on the road, Mike. You had uh, thrown in the in the show notes, um, and I heard this earlier today that there's a new Google ad blocker. Yeah. As a guy who depends on ads, although I don't really, uh, podcasters are notoriously hating ads. But uh, Google has a new ad blocker. Interesting. It would come from a company that makes money, 
off right. ads. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah, that's the huge you know thing here is, okay, why is Google doing this? But built into Chrome, so in the next update with Chrome, built in is going to be an ad blocker that blocks intrusive ads. So think of the ones that are full screen that pop up right away, auto playing video ads, which I thought was interesting uh, because there are, I see a lot of those. Um, so anything that they think pretty much ruins the experience and their explanation here is that people's biggest gripe with browsing the internet with ads is that the ones that go too far ruin the experience. So Google being the number one advertiser, the number one company that controls advertisements on the web, I think their play here is that, okay, if we eliminate all the bad style ads that drive people nuts, they're going to not complain as much about ads that are done more reasonably, right? So you have reasonable, yeah, tasteful ads that are small, don't interrupt you. You still see them and have the opportunity to click, but you don't have to. But it also is very interesting because that means they control every ad on the internet pretty much now, right? Because they're going to block, they could just block anything that's not controlled by them. So if you use Chrome, very high chance you're not going to see any ad that is not controlled by Google. Now, are there lawsuits waiting to happen with this? 100%. 100%. Like, I don't think they would get away with that. I don't think Alphabet is that stupid, but they they may be. Uh, well, we'll see where this goes. You know, this is all, this is when, this is the, one of those times where some big announcement happens and we all just like, oh my gosh, like they're going to do this, they're going to do that. And, and it's yet to be seen. We'll see how many ads they do block. But the interesting part, Jim, is I think a lot of the ads that you would even run as a podcaster uh, probably go through Google. So you're probably fine. You know, a lot of the banner ads, a lot of anything like that that you would put on your website, a lot of it goes through Google. Even if you're doing it through a third party like Spreaker or any of those, most of them funnel back through Google. Yeah, it does seem a little self-serving. I'm not going to lie. As much, as much as I would love to think that that's altruistic, like, yeah. oh, we just want to help you. You know, I could just see a bunch of engineers sitting around going, let's see, how can we make sure our ads are the you know, we're right. the only ones out there. Let's do an ad blocker. And yep. that's right here. You're saying, uh, Hey, we have this browser that more than half the internet uses as their daily driver. Hmm. That seems like a pretty good opportunity. And that seems to be the trend in the news, especially with the new Facebook. Um, Facebook was in the news they had. So moving on to the next story real quick here is they have this new protect option. And you'll notice this in your iOS app that you have now this field called protect and People who don't know any better or if you haven't heard the news could think, yeah, I want my device protected. Well, when you click on this part of Facebook, it's going to launch this, uh, I'm trying to think, the Onavo Protect VPN app. So this actually launches a whole nother app from the app store on your phone that you download. It is a VPN, right? So essentially, this is like pro and con. Yet, Is it going to protect you and give you a VPN? Yes. But what does this mean? This means that Facebook now knows all internet traffic that flows through your phone. So uh, you think here that Facebook is like, hmm, we know what they like. We know pretty much everything about people. How could we know even more though? Well, how could we monitor all internet traffic through their devices? And now through this protect feature and a VPN app, um, Onavo is owned by Facebook. So this is not a third party VPN that they have partnered with. Facebook owns them. So you know that they can see your traffic. Uh, So a very, again, self-serving move here by one of the big players in the industry. Yeah, it's it's the company store selling the items that you need for work yep. for just the price that you got paid, right? I mean, exactly. it's it, it it is a little bit like it's a little bit like that, and it's it's a oh. that to me that's a little worrying. You know, you're kind of like, and again, we're not going to do that. The no. listeners of this program are not going to do that. They're like, no, I, I, but but public, 
you know, again, hey, we'll take care of you. And then uh, no lie. So the other the other night, last night, two nights ago, Sarah comes down. We were talking about our anniversary, which is coming up. And I said, where do you want to eat? And, you know, let's go do it really nice. And so we were talking about some of the local places here, Sullivan's or, you know, some of the expensive places here in town for it'll be our 29th. And uh, an hour later, I'm checking my phone. I'm checking Facebook and Sullivan's shows up as one of the like the very second. Like there is no doubt they're already listening every no second of the day right no doubt no doubt i completely yeah. agree i don't know how it's happening um but i've had the same thing where we have talked about something and they've done studies on this there has been um there was actually an individual who he was like 25 years old and he said okay what is what, something that i guarantee i have never searched before and that i've never talked about before and he's like okay i, I he's not a kids guy and he's never talked about kids his friends don't have cri- kids so he thought okay a crib so throughout the day, he said the word crib, baby crib, crib, crib. He's never searched that on his phone. And sure enough, in Facebook, um, an advertisement shows up for a baby crib. It's known. I mean, this is happening. And uh, it's a little bit worrisome, to be honest. Yeah. So the, I've thought the about deleting the yeah. app because it's just, it's, I don't know. I don't like it. Yeah. It's definitely spying on us. The, you know, so VPN brought to you by the app that's already listening to you all the time. Right. You we, know? we couldn't capture enough by what you were saying all the time. Now we need, and you got to think like, this is the thing about a VPN. I'm everyone who listens to the show knows this, but all your traffic is going through there, no matter what app you're using. So this is no longer all Facebook traffic. This is everything, all of your messages, every website you visit, all your traffic from other apps, everything's going through here. So I think it's a very interesting move. I think they're going to get a lot of backlash on this. They already are. Um, I think once the general public picks up on it, though, it's going to be even worse. Well, and okay, so Mike, how bad the backlash that Apple has had because they admitted they've been purposely slowing down the phones. How, How much do you think? So like when things come out like that, you would think that would be really damaging, don't you think? And how damaging well, that, was, that was an interesting situation, though, because I completely agreed it was something they should have done. Now, should they have been more open about it? Mm, maybe. I don't really like that. It doesn't bother me that that saved people from having very bad experiences on the phone. Like, yeah, it throttled it, but their phone lasted way longer in the in the long term than it would have before. Like those batteries could not support the processor doing these really intensive tasks. So they slowed that processor down. Let the bat- so I don't know. That was a very interesting situation. Yeah. I think a little bit different. I don't know if you disagree with me no, there. No, I know. I'm sure it's, it's a little bit different. But I, yeah. I think the public perception is they were purposely slowing them down on purpose. So you'd buy a new phone. Yeah. And now it's validated. Right. Yep. And so I think it was one of those, whether it's right or wrong or the right thing for them to do from a business standpoint or from a customer standpoint to like you said, I'm not sure the communication was done in a way to make people believe that. There's always been that that myth out there like, oh yeah, Apple does this on purpose so you'll buy the new iPhone, right? right. And it's right. kind of true, right? Oh, yeah, I mean, that, we want you to upgrade. I think it was a, uh, I don't think, I honestly think it was not the intended consequence, but then like a week into it, they're like, oh guys, do you realize everyone's buying new phones instead of just getting a new battery? And we're like, no, really? Like, yeah, we should not tell anyone about this. Okay, that sounds good. Yeah, like, no, the intention right. in the beginning was good, and then all of a sudden, that was just a great consequence for them. And they're like, well, "Let's keep our mouth shut as long as possible," and it and it worked. But uh, they're talking in the chat. 
I don't think there's any connection yet between Alexa and Facebook. I'm sure Amazon's collecting information too. I yeah. have no oh, doubt yeah. anything that has a microphone is listening. Uh, I don't think they're all communicating yet. I no, I, I, I think it was being sarcastic in the chat, like. Oh, hey, Amazon's listening, and my and Facebook is delivering ads. Oh, there's a gotcha. shocker. That's what that was. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. But, um. Yeah. Just. Uh, are we worried though that Facebook has found a way to do that on devices like the iPhone? Uh, I don't know. We think and of I Apple. Guess you could it used sh- to be the lockdown iOS, the pretty secure iOS. That hey, if I don't have this app going, um, it makes you wonder about the different permissions that you have in the background. You know, if this app. It's not in the foreground. Uh, what can it do? Yeah, if I, if I shut off the microphone access to fa- the Facebook app in privacy, yep. will that? And now I can't. Do, I can't do what I did tonight, right? I made a, I made a, you know, a Facebook Live. Um, and actually, oh, this is interesting. So tonight I was doing a Facebook Live. So if you haven't joined the Facebook group, Facebook.com/slash the average guy. And um, I was going to I was listening to a tip Mike Murphy and, and Ross Brand had given um, about doing announcing the show via um, uh, a, fa- a Facebook Live. So I go to make a Facebook Live and it says, hey, your, your microphone's turned off. I didn't even think twice. I just went in, turned it back on, made the Facebook Live. Well, I remember now turning that off on purpose for this, because, for this very reason. I'm like, well, screw you, Facebook. I'm going to shut off the the microphone permission and the camera. So you can't spy on me. Right. I wonder if that actually works or if that privacy, you know, if I shut the microphone off for the Facebook app, will it stop them from listening to me? I, and, I'm not, I, listen, I, I'm not, I don't get worried about that kind of stuff. I'm just talking about it because it came up in the story. Oh, totally. Yeah. And it's something for me. I was just going to mention that. How much do we actually care? Because you know, what's kind of weird it's freaking effective. Like I talk about it. I see it. I've, I have clicked. I'm like, dang it. Like, yeah, they knew that I needed one and now it's right here. I'm sitting here. What else am I going to do? Like there it's effective and it makes them so much more money on click through mm-hmm. like the average rate of those clicks because they are so relevant. Um, we should care right for other applications, but for advertisements, I'm not worried about it. If it's a more relevant, if I have to look at an ad anyway, and it's going to be for something that I, might be interested in okay fine like better than that being something completely irrelevant that i don't care about uh but we should care because this is going to be used in a lot of different ways besides just advertisements well ad- advertising has always been manipulative yep right from ver- from the very beginning just as nature it didn't need iot to, to make it manipulative right um actually if i think about this you know if i was looking for sullivan's steakhouse if I was talking about it, chances are I'm going to go to my phone and search for it. Wouldn't I want some help? I mean, it would have been really nice yeah. if I was going to make a reservation just to go there and grab it. And yes, there's, you know, should that happen? I don't know. But it did. And it actually could be helpful to me. I'm not saying it's right. It's just interesting. Like that could be helpful to me to have that up. It's a good thing I can't buy beer on the internet because I would I would have ads for beer as much as I've talked about beer lately. That is beer interesting. Beer, yeah. yeah, yeah, that those don't show up. Beer after beer. I have a, a gal at work who's trying to talk me into a wine club where they send you six mm-hmm. bottles of wine for sixty bucks a month and or three. I maybe it's three. Anyways, um, I you got to be careful what you know. And and I think for those those of us who are very sensitive to that, and I and I think it's okay if you're that way. Just know, like, you know, well, you're going to have to probably be a little overprotective 
of making sure all those security things are off or have really crappy apps like you have on a Windows phone. That would that would be fine because no look at this. Like we tell people to be secure. Okay, and not our audience, right? But our audience takes this information. They go tell their friends, hey, be secure, be careful, and some of that. So their friend sees Facebook, oh, they've got a protect feature now, so that I'm gonna be more secure. And they right. just sent more of their information off to Facebook. Yeah. That's what I don't like. That's the manipulative part of Facebook that don't label it as protect. Like don't <laughs> or at least be very obvious that hey, yeah, we are safeguarding you from the rest of the internet but as far as facebook goes we're gonna know everything about you tony said he picked up a little caesar's pizza last friday night uh then his google feed pops up a story about mice and little caesar's pizza in a store in indianapolis or in indiana so that's you know first first advertisement right there they're just it's google just trying to help you out don't yep. eat little caesar's do it man it's a hot don't and sweaty five dollar hot and sweaty <laughs> <laughs> yikes uh, they're so good though and oh, the later dude. in the evening that you, <laughs> the later in the evening, the better they taste. Oh, totally. Because yep. You can just slam me some little Caesars. Well, two really good stories kind of back to back as we just kind of think about, you know, these companies as they get bigger and bigger, they're going to have these monopoly areas where you're going to have Google had its own ad blocker and Facebook. It, it's already knowing everything about you now is going to know all your internet traffic. Oh, more. Yeah. 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 Yeah, no, good stuff. Good, good conversation. Mike, I want to spend a little time on Rich Hayes uh, podcast and most many of you uh, know, know Rich and, and his podcasts. He's been on several times before. He talked a little bit about SpaceX. He's down there in Florida and he got a chance to watch the launch of this Falcon Heavy that uh, that just went up uh, two weeks ago now, I think. Uh, I think we're two weeks away from that. Was it last Tuesday or something two weeks ago? Mike, I don't know about you. I watched the launch about eight thousand times to be honest i came home really? i watched it on youtube oh you're a i mean you're a space guy you you've talked about you could even do a space-based podcast oh, i love that uh, yeah it'd be great yeah, i don't, I don't know right if up I, your alley yeah it was pretty awesome and and watching it you know i watched i didn't get a chance to watch it live but i watched the recorded day of i came home and watched it about eight times that night i watched it the next day then I started really digging into all the the you know the pieces that are coming with SpaceX. And if you've gotten away from the space program, the US space program, and maybe you fell asleep three years ago and you're just like, eh, it's kind of boring. I, I think we're in for maybe the next decade of the most exciting space exploration and planning that we have. Uh, that in SpaceX and others, it's not just SpaceX. But there's a lot of commercial uh, in, in, yeah, there's a lot of commercial companies now getting into the space program and to watch him return those boosters and have them land simultaneously, right? They're talking about being able to catch the nose cone, to be able to bring the centerpiece back in. Then there was an article that came out uh, off The Verge uh, talking about it's not, um, you know, we're, we're not just in for a couple launches over the next couple decades. We're in for thousands. And, and right now, SpaceX has planned for 12,000. They want 12,000 satellites in orbit to be able to provide Internet globally. You know, Google's been trying to or Alphabet has been trying to solve this problem and actually has had pretty good luck with it by launching balloons, these Internet balloons into space. They did it when Puerto Rico yeah. was was you know run over uh they can launch these balloons and they can keep them in this in these orbits or these these patterns up high to be able to give internet access but spacex 
And uh, and Elon Musk has uh, has really has this plan to send up, and it's coming uh, later this year. They're going to they're launching a satellite for uh, for a company out of Spain called Paz. And inside this rocket, they're actually putting two of their own satellites, uh, a Microsat 2A and 2B. And the first step in this is to kind of test. And I love how Elon does this. He just kind of adds things in as he's doing. Well, we're going to send that up anyways. Let's just let's just send that car. What's really cool about the car, right? So they launched Falcon Heavy. It's got a Tesla. It has his Roadster on it. It's got a little spaceman in it. A little picture of it's got a little Hot Wheels car. I haven't heard of this. So this is the first time I'm hearing about it. Really? Yeah. 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 Like like the car being the, yeah. the payload? Yeah. So he put his own Roadster in there put a spaceman in a spacesuit, and then in the car is a Hot Wheels version of that car with a little man inside of it glued to the hood. And he's sending it out to space. And people are like, what a waste. Well, what he's actually doing is he's sending it out to Mars in an, in an orbit that goes around Mars and the sun because it's the orbit we're going to need if we're ever going to go to Mars. It's the orbit we're going to need to be able to supply Mars. So while he, he could have just launched concrete into space, I heard him say that. He was like, that's not very interesting. Like, we were testing the capabilities of the Falcon Heavy. We could have just filled it with concrete and set it out there. But why would you do that? Let's do something interesting. So not only did he launch a Tesla in the space, he launched it in a pattern that they can now kind of monitor and test this this orbit between the Earth, Mars, and the Sun. Um, But these satellites are going to go up. And uh, eventually, they're thinking there'll be about 12,000 of them that are up to provide Internet access. And I just... It to me, Mike, it's just amazing. Now, I am a little worried about the amount of space junk we have up there because, like, think about this there's a lot of stuff already up in orbit, right? But this, you know, adds more. But uh, being able to get Wi Fi or being able to get internet to everybody globally, this could be the answer. I think this stuff's pretty cool. Do you get, did you obviously you didn't watch very much of it since you didn't know? I mean, that was, that was big news. It was big news, yeah. And surprisingly, I haven't even seen the launch. <laughs> oh, it's really bad. I have not watched it. Uh, I saw a lot of news on it. For some reason, uh, me as a kid growing up, I never got bit by the spaceman bug. Um, uh, E.T. scared the crud out of me because I watched it too young. And all those space guys walking around <laughs> scared me. And I just, I never had an interest in space. So I don't know what it is. Uh, I, I appreciate it but I've never had a real big interest in it. So yeah, no, it didn't, didn't catch my attention as like, Oh, I got to watch that. Well, SpaceX expects the system. So they're going to call it Starlink. Thank God they didn't call it whatever the Terminator, uh, the name of the Terminator (laughs) system was Skylink sky, Skynet was Skynet. Skynet, They're going to call it Starlink, uh, is projected to be a big moneymaker, right? So the financial projections on this, uh, show the company expects to have more than 40 million subscribers to the service by 2025. That's just seven years That's from now. soon. I mean, that, yeah. 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 So, and they're projecting about 30 billion in revenue starting that year, 2025 for this. So have um, they talked about what kind of technology, like what does this involve for the average user? Let's say, let's say you or me wants to get part of Skylink uh, satellite on top of our house, kind of like a direct TV kind of thing. Yeah, so it says, of course, there's a lot of complexity in the system that SpaceX needs to figure this out first. The company needs to be able to simultaneously coordinate thousands of satellites in a non-geostationary orbit at all times, meaning they won't stay in a fixed position. That's geostationary, right, above the planet. And then there's a technology needed to receive the Internet on Earth. The satellites will constantly be moving over different patches of land. So the receiving antennas will need to be able to rapidly figure out which satellite 
is the best one to communicate with at any given time. It would make sense to do it geostationary, right? So you, you put them up. That's what we would think. They're going to do, uh, in this case, it's non-geostationary that's out there. So this is not intended for you and me. This is intended really for the for the areas that don't have internet connectivity. Well, I think initially that's the thought, right? right. Well, and it makes a lot of sense to focus on those markets and then work your way. But then, I mean, eventually you think of, watch out Cox and Verizon and all of our internet providers. Yeah, well, you, you think about it, there's a huge areas of rural communities here in the United States that don't have really good service, you know? Uh, and oh, so, Hannah's right? family, it's slower than molasses. Yeah. Um, and her brother tries to play Xbox on it and we can't even, it's so laggy. It's terrible. Yeah. So in a place like that, this type of connection would be great. Have they talked about speeds, even theoretical, what kind of speeds they're thinking about? Well, it says the article says above all SpaceX needs to access uh, a part of the radio spectrum, the range of airway frequencies that will be used to send internet down from space, SpaceX has filed numerous applications with the FTC, uh, which is responsible for predicting how commercial satellite companies use the airwaves. And on Wednesday, FCC chairman uh, made a statement showing enthusiasm for the project. So it looks like those pieces are going well. It doesn't say... Then imagine you need to work with the FCC equivalent of every single country in the world. That's where this gets complicated. <laughs> I mean, this could be... A lot of these yes. countries probably don't have some... Like the, some of them you're trying to target might not have something as structured as the FCC, right. but uh, wow. Yeah. That's going to get interesting. Yeah. It doesn't I, say speed. I love about Elon though. Like the one thing I have been interested in with SpaceX and Tesla, he doesn't care what like, Oh, boundaries. What boundaries? Red tape. What red tape? I cut through it. Like I hand him a billion dollars and everything that <laughs> works really how he does it. But still like he doesn't see limitations. He sees, he sees every limitation as an opportunity, which is so cool. That's what yeah. I love about him. Everything has been, oh, hold my beer and watch this, right? That's kind of how he operates, which is so cool. His press conferences are pretty incredible. And I went back and watched some ones that I hadn't seen before. And just the way he thinks, like he doesn't think he's doing hard stuff, yet he is doing incredibly hard stuff. Right. Right. Yeah. And it's he knows it's hard, but he just knows if you think hard enough about it, you can figure out the solution. Right. And think about how many of those boosters they crashed. In one of the press conferences, he said, you know, we crashed the first three that we tried to land. And if I had crashed a fourth, we probably wouldn't be having this conversation. Like, you know, you got that feeling like, hey, I'm going to get cut off. Like, no, I I think I can do this. But right. if I crash one more time, uh, I think people are going to say, mm, I don't know, uh, you know, Elon, maybe this, maybe bringing boosters back isn't a great idea. He thinks... He can bring those boosters back, condition them in a day, and send them back up again. Like, really, literally, like a gas station. Like, you bring them down, take them over to the pad, slap them, and it's not literally this way, but slap them back on the rockets, right. send those things back up. He's talking about they need to be ready, and this is kind of what he was talking about. If they're going to do a Mars mission, they're talking about thousands of launches that have to be done during a certain time period. We can't do one every month or one every other month like we do now. These are going to have to be constantly. Um, he has thought through the whole, uh, not only how do we get to Mars, but how do we get back? Like, what do we need to do once we're at Mars to be able to make fuel so we can get things back? Good point. You know? Um, or do we keep, we send them enough fuel, right? Because that's that's the idea. Yeah. So it's it's interesting. I mean, it's super political. There's lots of things we we don't control, and some things we don't see. Is he I, a real life Tony Stark? I mean, <laughs> Iron Man Tony Stark. 
he might be. He's a pretty little cool. bit. He's, he's pretty he's, cool. I hear he's not the easiest to work with, but well, yeah. I mean, he's egotistical. He's not the public jerk that Tony Stark is in those movies, but he, he's a little bit Tony Stark esque, right? And maybe it'll be maybe it'll be Elon's son, right? Because Tony took over for his dad's business, and I mean, maybe it'll be Elon's son that really takes yeah. over. Does he have well and. <laughs> Um, it's, I think he's interesting, you know, you think about some things, NASA, when you're dealing with the government, right? NASA is a government, basically a government organization, and you're restricted to certain things and you, certain ways of thinking. And of course, in the commercial space, you're not you, like, right. Hey, Private let's sector. figure out how to, let's figure out how to bring these things back. Like, let's figure out how to land these things, recondition them quickly and put them back up. Let's think about how do we refuel in space? I mean, all those things they're talking about. Um, and of course, you know, they're tied into NASA and there's a lot of work that's gone on before SpaceX. And, you know, certainly the the way has been paved with, uh, with the International Space Station and a lot of those things that are going on. But it's pretty cool. I mean, space has gotten really interesting again. And so if you've stopped paying attention, Mike Weger, it's probably fun. I need to jump back in. <laughs> It's time. It's, it's probably time to jump back in. I think there's some really, I think we're in for some really cool and some very applicable. And there's lots of arguments. Why should we go back to the moon? Why should we go to Mars? Some of those things don't make any sense. And there's a lot of arguments about that. In the in the community, there's just as many arguments for not doing that as there is. But if you're a tech guy, if you're a space nerd, and I know many of you are. Um, now is a super exciting time to be paying attention about what's going on in space. So check that out. I'll leave that link uh, into the Verge article uh, that talks about what's coming up with these these uh, microsat satellites that are coming up. I think it's super, super interesting. One of the things I just, I need to get this on record. One of the things I said while I was watching this is when they do it, when they, I, Elon has turned a launch into a rocket concert. That's what it is, right? It is a rocket concert. People a, cheering. Yeah. I expected, you know, in Mad Max, when the guy in the guitar, yes, who's, right, you know, who's just rocking there, they come out and you know, big speakers. I expect one day for there to be at a launch, big gigantic speakers and some ACDC or something playing, right? Yep. During a his, launch, his Tesla semi is going to pull the rocket up to the to the pad, and oh yeah, 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 and you just like. And it, it it's hilarious because, you know, when I would watch, when we watch a NASA, NASA launch, you know, it's like N3, 2, 1. Super boring, right? And the thing mm -hmm. takes off and there's nothing. When they're like, okay, we're getting ready to launch this thing. People are cheering, you know, and they can barely do the countdown because they're so excited about it, right? And I've got to go watch this. It's I've pretty go see good. It. It's it pretty good. One of the best videos is watching Elon Musk responded to the launch to this falcon heavy launch okay. he says in the press conference there's so many things that can go wrong during a launch it's a miracle it actually goes right you know he was just like they asked him how he felt and he's like i don't know it went right there's just so many things that can go wrong i was just surprised that the every time i launch something i'm just surprised it works and he uh there's a video of him watching it from the control center and then he goes running outside to watch it and it's like a kid you know, who, who launched a model rocket and who is just super excited about it. Big smile on his face, great amounts of satisfaction. It was pretty incredible. That's pretty great. incredible. So all those videos are out there and um, it, it's, it is 
pretty amazing. If you haven't caught up to it, catch up and then pay attention. 2018, 19, and 20 are going to be some pretty amazing years for space. And we're not afraid if we crash something. Uh, we're not afraid to just do it again. Where in the old days, when NASA would crash something, it would take 16 years to launch something again. You know, there was just so much it'll bureaucracy. Be, be next week now, right? It'll be yeah. They'll be like, okay, we learned. Let's fix it. Boom! It goes back up again, as opposed right. to in, in NASA's. Now, to be fair, we're not launching people. SpaceX has not exactly. launched people yet, and that's right. a whole nother ball game when you start launching people into space. Um, so, some great stuff. And uh, if you're not paying attention to what's going on in space, you absolutely should. Mike, I want to spend the remainder of our time talking about what what we are working on tech stuff that on the bench non-crypto related although mine will have a little crypto to it but i promise it won't be crypto related anything you've been working on from a tech standpoint that uh, over the maybe the last couple of weeks that that you've been excited about you know uh not too mine has been more of usability of my space um so jim you recently came out to to my house and you saw my basement and so i've got kind of a a desk where i sit and i do a lot of work here and so i just needed this space to be more functional and actually since you left i finally did get i've got my monitor monitor so i have a monitor up above me now that runs my security footage so i can always see my cameras of my house they're all up there it's just it stays on 24 7 um working on this whole just really making my space work for me so mine has not been more like tech-based like buying new technology it's making my space just as functional as possible i love that right like it started with the the bench behind me and i organize all the tools it's just very functional i come down here i know exactly where that tool is when i need it things like that um we actually just built hannah a little i call them one plug carts so uh i take these little tables like an end table whatever uh put a monitor or a tv on it and then on the on the supporting shelf below it, I'll put either like a computer or an Xbox. So we actually got a second Xbox. We put it on there, run the wires up the, make it look all nice. And all the only cord coming off of it is a power cable uh, that powers everything. So now we have this little tiny table that we can carry around. And it's Hannah's Xbox so that she can play with me when I'm playing. So we'll play some Fortnite together or uh, or something like that. So having fun with just little things like that, like just usability, uh, fun spaces, fun little projects, but no, no new tech involved, just making my tech just better. Well, and why does one just need another Xbox? Because we can play together, right? Like we, I don't want to split screen. That's just, that's a lot of sharing for me and I'm not the best share. So uh, what have you guys been playing? uh, Fortnite. It's actually a really fun game. So it's this new battle Royale type game free um, because it's technically still a closed beta, uh, but it's free right now. Um, this battle Royale style format of game is completely new. No one's ever done it before. PUBG started it. Fortnite came on after, and it's, it's been a blast. Hannah has hated, like hated with a passion video games in the past. She's never, I don't like them. Like they are not good for your brain, all this stuff. And, uh, so finally I said, Hey, if I got you an Xbox, would you play this game for me? She goes, it does look kind of interesting. And, her sister-in-law sometimes will get on the headset and she, Hannah feels like she's left out because we're all talking and Hannah can't uh, hear. And she's just sitting on the couch next to me. So we got her into it. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, and when you when really, when you have two kids under the age of 17 months, when they go to bed, you can't be loud. So we both have our headsets that uh, play the game sound. So there's no external sound. The TVs are all muted and it, you know, it's just something fun to do after the kids go to bed. 
at this stage it's hard to find that we're running out of shows to watch so $350 Xbox for a free game no 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 no, definitely not so all the Xbox ones now you can actually get the first gen Xbox one um the guy was selling it super cheap on eBay because the disk drive was broken well nowadays you doubt it's all downloads I have I have not used a disc in three years on the Xbox, so we just got that super cheap Gen One Xbox One uh, off eBay. And okay. how much? Perfect. What? Uh, what? 90. Oh, nice. So under hundred bucks. Yeah, under hundred bucks. Yeah. No. Because you don't need a disc drive. If you, if you need, well, yeah, and you can definitely you can even get one of the new Slims um, for probably a hundred and sixty. Yeah. 170 if you don't mind it being used not a bad option just to get in and see if you even like the the system yeah i've been listening to the guys over at dmz and um you know it, it it has made me want to get an xbox and then i'm like yeah like i need to with all the crypto work i've been doing like i need another thing to distract me on the weekends when i should be doing my taxes or i should be doing my chores or you know, I'm looking at your nice setup there, and I'm like, you know, my garage doesn't quite look that good. I should probably true, I but probably fix that. I mean, the the Xbox now is our entire media center upstairs. So when you can run Plex and all the apps on it, and now Plex Live TV works on the Xbox One, uh, you could replace your media computer in the living room with the xbox and we they sell really nice xbox remotes so you don't have to use a controller you can actually use a remote hannah is all in on using the xbox it's, it's she thinks i think it's one of the easiest systems it's got the ir blaster in it so if i turn on the xbox it turns on the tv um it can turn the volume up and down the tv so you need one remote for your entire living room and it does everything which as soon as plex added live tv for the xbox that was when that became a fully functional media center for us nice and that was that was very recent nice. that plex yeah. updated yeah i know if you haven't looked at plex in a while it's probably time to come back they are right. they continue to just rock it huge um I, we actually i still am running plex off of a pc here uh but i bought the nvidia shield uh back during christmas time you know i, I picked up one of those shields that has recently gone through an update. So if you have purchased a shield and you haven't looked at it in a while, and for ours, we're still not using it as much as I wish we would. Sarah really likes Media Center, and I'm kind of hesitant to move her off of something that's still working. True. I've done that in the past, and then she's like, why so did you? you're still running Media Center, huh? You're not used to have an antenna no, hooked up to that box? I do. Well, no. We have, we have network antennas here. So I have... Uh, I have uh, HD home runs. Oh, so, okay. So Plex can use it and your media center can mm -hmm. use it. Yeah, they can use them together. Nice. So we've got them sharing. And then I've, I've had the, the NVIDIA Shield up and running as kind of just in the background, kind of thinking at some point in time, I'm going to lose guide data. And once that happens, media for me, media center's done. I'm going to have right. to take it down and get it done. I also tried making that NVIDIA Shield on its own server, its own Plex server. And didn't have a lot of good luck with that. So I kind of thought, well, I'm still going to use a PC for my Plex box, but I am going to use that NVIDIA Shield, which makes a great, uh, you know, endpoint. Oh, receiver. totally. That, that is your Xbox, right? Like those yeah. things are great. It's super good for that. Got all the apps, so, probably has Netflix, Hulu, anything yeah, you would want. Everything, everything you'd expect. It's an Android box. So everything you'd expect. Um, and so I've got that set up and actually I've got it recording some things for me, which I never watch and I should watch more TV, but, um, 
that that Nvidia Shield just went through a major update, and um, and so I ran through the update. If you haven't done that, you might want to go just check your box before the next time you're going to watch something Game of Thrones, and it takes a while. It probably took me a good twenty minutes for that thing to work through its update. You can delay it if you want to, but uh, it is out there and waiting for you if you haven't checked your Nvidia Shield in a while. Eventually, like I said, Media Center will stop working for us. And then I can just make the cut over and it's all ready to go. I've actually, it's all set. It actually works really, really well with Plex. Um, and so it's just been a good, even fast forwarding has gotten better on Plex than it used to be. It used to you'd even natively recorded stuff. You'd go to fast forward and it wouldn't go very fast. You need push and wait, push and right. wait, push and wait. And now it's almost media center speed. It's almost done. You know, that media center kind of makes a noise when you fast forward. Yep. Almost media center speed. So uh, if you're doing that, I also, Mike, have been, you know, for the burst stuff, this is where I said I wouldn't talk crypto, but we're going to talk a little crypto in it. Uh, I bought these 10 8 terabyte Seagate external USB 3 drives. We've talked about this before. In fact, you can see the orange boxes right here. 150 on Amazon. You can get them for 140 on um, Newegg. Uh, sometimes if they're running a deal. One of the things, a couple things I've learned in that about hardware, though, listen, almost no one has taken 10 USB drives and plugged them into their computer. Like, <laughs> I guarantee you're one of the first in this community to do that. Guaranteed. Nobody is doing that. Like, yeah. hey, let's go spend $1,500 and let's plug them all in at the same time. Like, I'm the only crazy one willing to do this. Uh, I showed in a, in a couple shows back, I showed the hub. Uh, we'll put the link in the show notes for that hub um, as well. I have a 10 port hub and I actually now have 12 drives. So I had a friend want to get in on this. By the way, I guess I'll say this. If you're interested in doing a burst, doing burst with us, I have everything set up to be able to have you participate if you just send me a drive. So if you find a deal on an eight terabyte drive, you want to send it to me, I'll plot it for you and let you participate. And I'll send you winnings that we make in Burst. I've got a whole spreadsheet. I can figure all this out anyway. So if you're interested in doing that, let me know. Jim at TheAverageGuy.tv. We can talk about it. You just need to send me the drive if that's what you want to do. It's an easy way to get into crypto. You're not going to make very much, but it's it. an easy way to get into crypto if you want to do that. I mentioned that in another show. Nobody took me up. I'll mention it one more time. The um, So I still have eight ports open, but what I found, I've got this, my my main rig, which is a Core i7 on a really nice motherboard, will not take that many USB drives. Now, I looked it up. The USB standard, it can handle 127 devices plugged into one controller, right? That's the theoretical max on USB, 127 devices. Uh, practically speaking, there's some things that have to go right for all, for to, to actually get 127. But I was running at the meetup. I bought Schoonover's board. It's an AMD board. It's a, a it's an IX, uh, ITX board. It's got a little Celeron, uh, not a Celeron. It's got a little AMD processor in it. It's actually a really nice processor, four cores. It's pretty good. 16 gig of RAM that's in there. That thing runs it like a champ. So I've got two of the 10 port USB devices plugged into that. Plus I have a four port extender. So I've got one of those four port docks made by Med Mediasonic. Yeah. So three devices, but there's four hard drives in there. There's 10, 12 USB devices plugged into the system, plus keyboard and some other things. The AMD box handles it just fine. The, the Intel box, the Core i7, the board that's newer, the Asus board that I love, 
bails every time. It says, I, I don't have enough resources. So I thought, well, let me go get a, I'll get a USB extension card to make that work. And I'll put that a PCIe card, put that in. Yeah. Well, I have two miners in there. <laughs> And both miners, when you put the when you put the video cards in the PCIe slots, there's some extended slots in there. But when you put video cards in them, it shuts off those extended ports oh. where it needs to go. So I can't put more blue, more you know, um, you know, more uh, USB devices in there. It's a little bit of a shame. There's yeah, there's some mics, so there's some things I could do. It has really pushed me to the brink of really understanding how that motherboard is put together. And what ports do what and how they work and what will USB work. So it's been a little bit of a learning curve. Again, nobody else on the planet is trying to jam in this many hard drives into a board. But certainly not all boards are created equal. So it was just one of those things for me. I did some documentation, some searching. I couldn't find anybody trying to do, of course, what I'm doing. Um, but even though those are powered USB hubs, would not work on the Core i7 box. So it is. It was a little disappointing. It's made me think maybe I'll just try and buy a cheap i7 PC that only becomes my miner. It's actually made me think after last week's show, maybe I'll just build a rig. And the rig will do both my cards and my burst box, like do it together. Right. You know? Uh, I wonder, it's just interesting to me how and how, okay, so they're both USB 3 ports on the actual board, right? Yeah. It's not like one's two and one's three. And the, so the, the Intel board. How many lanes it's got going to that motherboard? Yeah. Or going that, to the CPU? It's got six on that board. It has six six USB 3 ports available to it on the board. Now, I don't know how many lanes, but it's got four on the back and two plugs available for the front connectors. Have right? you tried instead of using the hub, plug one into each of those, fill those up first, and then do a hub? Uh, yeah, I've tried every con- I've tried every conceivable tried filling those up. Yeah. And, okay. Yeah. No, it just it just bails. I get I get more than seven. It worked great up till seven. The eighth one ran out of resources, and yeah. um, so again, I got some work to do. I really want. I really bought this i seven to be my podcasting rig, and I, now I've made it a miner, and now I'm trying to turn it into a you know to a burst box. Um. Uh, I, I am, like I said, after last week's show, I'm kind of tempted to, to build it all into its own separate rig that has the four cards and all the mining, you know, and right. make sure it, you know, make sure it works with the USB cards and all those other, the, all those other pieces. The other thing I've thought is pulling those drives out of those cases and, you know, uh, getting some raid cards and running them on a faster bus. Right. Um, that's expensive. And although probably not at probably the same price as buying another PC or building a rig to get it done, to be honest. Um, once I pull them out of the cases, I probably can't sell them that way. And I've, my hedge on this has been, well, if burst doesn't work, I can always, always sell the drives them. back. Right. So I've got a little bit of a dilemma there, by the way, there might be a fire sale someday from the average guy on eight terabyte drives. <laughs> so if you need one and who you needs more drive, than one, you get a drive. Get to drive. maybe we'll give them away at the meetup. Um, yeah, that'll be the prize. There's an eight terabyte drive taped under your seat. <laughs> it's been interesting, Mike, to, to be honest with you, to set up this, to set up this configuration and get all this stuff working. It's actually working great right now. I'm staring at it right now, and it actually hit three, 
three bursts, the last three um, blocks, I've hit. Now, when I say I've hit, I haven't won, but I've I've at least had a twenty four hour uh, um, deadline deadline hit, which helps in the pool. And oh, so there's some there's some other pieces there. Um, but all that being said, I went totally low speed on the rack. So I was at your house. I was drooling over your rack. Mike's got this really nice. Whoa, Jim. That's a, that's a little <laughs> personal. <laughs> that's a little bit. That's a little bit too far. Yikes. You know? <laughs> I, I thought our relationship was there by now. You know, it but, probably is, to be honest. Well, I was drooling <laughs> over your rack and I was admiring your computer equipment. So, <laughs> the, <laughs> the, <laughs> so Mike's got a really nice. Uh, he went out and bought a. I, I'm not going to be able to say this now, am I? No, go for it. I'll Anyways. try not to laugh. Uh, so I was at your place, saw it. I was like, "This is this like what you would see in a computer room, right?" Yeah, you know, exactly. That kind of yeah, no, really, really nice. Tony says TMI. Yeah, sorry guys. Yeah. Um, the uh, so I was thinking, oh, how do I get my hands on one of those? And then on the way home, I think I was on the way home from. I think it was same day. Went by uh, Home Depot, and for fifty bucks, they just had kind of a shelving unit that you snap together, put some wood boards on top. I was like, you know what? I can just get this for fifty bucks, and I'm done. Yeah. So pretty, pretty standard, pretty industrial looking. You know, just metal, tap them down, wood. You know, uh, press board shelves, nothing fancy. But it looks super functional. You sent me a picture of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's oh. the best part about this stuff. Who cares how it looks? It's functionality. Yeah, other other Jim is reminding me. I did back in the day. I did have a home server as well. That was kind of an octopus. We've been talking about this where I had, I had all these drives hanging off my home server back in the day, and oh, really? I would be the guy who would do you know twelve drives, all USB, uh, kind of driven off there. Um, so yes, that was me. I, I kind of like that. I don't know. I like the simplicity of USB. But yeah, Mike, you're right. The setup of this way, which is which is horizontal was easier than vertical for oh, those drives. For drives. Right. And so I got a big long drive, a little certain narrow section, and they're all stacked. One of the things I was watching a video, if you're ever doing this and you're stacking up these drives, don't. They need air yeah. <laughs> between them. They get right. warm. I think we right? saw the same YouTube video then. Yeah, this guy had them where they were touching and it kind of melts that middle area. Yeah, they get warm. And they need and they won't get if they're if they have just enough space, I've put kind of a hand space in between them. So I just put my hand in there to make sure it was separated. They'll stay nice and cool. You put them together and that, that generates enough heat between the two to get those center sections really, yeah, really warm. They're all so. passive cooling. There's no fan in these things in these little right. cases. So they've got to be able to get that heat out. Yeah. No. So be careful. I've learned that if you're going to have these multiple drives together, just make sure you give them some space. And then, Mike, one one really cool tool, and I showed these on a show a while back, but I'll mention them again, is I bought those little extension, uh, you know, plugs where I bought them in a pack of five. You actually bought them where they're one and they go to two, which is really, really cool. Even if you don't have, even if you're not setting something up like this, it totally makes a power strip a million times more functional. Yes. <laughs> Um, like they should just sell these with the power strips. I like guess these should come together every time now because yes, who has a bunch of just straight plugs that they're plugging these? It's always a brick. It's always some sort of power adapter, and, and weird and, shaped 
Yeah. Like side, some no sideways. Get together and talk about how we want these things to be shaped. They all do their own fancy configuration. Like, oh, look how I can take up three outlets with my one brick. Well, I can take up the whole strip. Like, they're all competing over who can have the biggest. Uh, oh, we're going to be on the end where we have all the room anyway. So it doesn't yeah. really matter. And exactly. you're like, oh. Yep. So buying those and they weren't expensive i think i bought a pack oh, of six for 10 bucks yep. something like yep. that or maybe yeah, I, got, I got yeah 10 or 12 you you had an i needed one extra and you had an extra one that you'd yep. gotten this bonus we talked about that super helpful um i actually put them underneath this rack that i bought so i put i took because i could customize the shelf level i put the shelf up about this far also, so I could get the vacuum cleaner underneath it, because that was like one of those, you know, it's dusty down here, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, put them up. So now the the um, the the jet the uh, power strips are underneath it, and those things come up. And then I was able to use zip ties to bring them all together into clumps, and then strap those to the. Th- it's so much better. I so clean not, looking. Oh, oh my gosh, it's amazing. I don't know about you, but I'm a guy when it looks that neat, I just feel better. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am all about the aesthetic um, of how well, it looks. When I got done, I just stared at it. I was like, "Oh, that looks so good, so much better." It's and now my son, my son John, he could make it perfect, but it, it's not perfect. But it's so much better for me. So it was just it was really fun to put all that together. It's a little disappointing at the end here. Like now, now what? It just runs. I have two more plotting, and a third just finished up. And in a, in a couple of days, they're all going to be on and it's just going to run. And I'm just going to stare at the box and like, okay, what I have to resist the urge not to monkey with it. Like yeah. it's done. It's, it's working. working. Yes. Working is the key point. <laughs> Don't screw with it. So I've got some, I got some work to do. And I think yeah. that's okay. So that comes back to this whole thing about why you and I got so into mining. And I think what it comes back to was it's been a long time since we, we probably got really comfortable with the things we were really good at with tech and we could help our entire family out. It, it had been a while since we found something that you could, number one documentation was slim. This is something that you couldn't just Google and find a million answers to your question, right? There might've been some posts somewhere that referenced it, but mining uh, burst, all of these sort of things have been so new uh, it's been so fun and like stimulating to think about. And there's always problems. And I think people like you and me and I'll probably a lot of the listeners to the show, uh, you know, we can sit down and look up at the clock and it's been five hours that we've been working through one tiny little problem. It's like three in the morning and, and, but we love it. Like we hate it. It's driving us nuts. We run into this problem, but we love it. That's been the overall fun thing about this is like, and now you're right. We get to this point where it's all set up. I'm like, Oh man. Like we've been on this euphoric high for the past months trying to get our mining set up. And now it's like coming down off a huge, and the, the body high. is craving dopamine. You know, you're like, Oh, Literally. I need another high that Dopamine of figuring out one of these tiny little problems. Uh, and they were bountiful, uh, during figuring out mining. Yeah. Uh, there were tons of problems to figure out. Yeah. Well, we're going to cover more of that. Cause there's some great stuff going on in crypto. We're going to cover that in the post show. And, uh, I don't want to give too much of it away cause we want to leave some of it for the post. Alex asked me, Newegg had the Seagate eight terabyte drives on sale for 139. Again, last week, did I pick up any? I did not. No, I haven't yet. I've been kind of waiting to see the goal. Well, yeah, I'll I'll say this and then we'll go into the post show. Um, I've been kind of waiting to see how Burst does. So I I didn't want to, before I invested bigger in it, 
uh, I wanted to say, you know, is it viable? So we're testing it, we're checking it, real world conditions. Is it paying like it should? Is the price going to come back? Some of those kinds of things. So we'll uh, go into that a little bit more in the post show. And, and just a reminder, you can get that post show just a dollar a month on Patreon. We appreciate it. Head to theaverageguy.tv slash support and uh, enjoying the team that's doing that. A buck gets you in. And uh, we appreciate it. Don't forget, you can contact the show. Give me feedback. Neil uh, always sends me great feedback. You can as well. Many of you do as well. So I always appreciate that feedback, good or bad. Send it to me, Jim, at theaverageguy.tv. That's really the best way to funnel all that feedback in. You can find me on Twitter at Jay Collison or join the Facebook group. That's at facebook.com slash group slash theaverageguy. We'd, I'd love to get some new folks in there. We've It's been the same group of us, and there's some great conversation in there, and Facebook's a great way to do it. If you're uh, if you're open to that, head over to that. You'll ask ask for permission to jump in, and then I will let you in. Uh, and uh, just be kind to one another in there. Don't forget the Average TV platform, both web and media hosting, powered by Maple Grove Partners. Of course, you know that's Christian. Get secure, reliable, high speed hosting from people that you know and you trust. Plans start as little as ten dollars a month for some pretty rocking plans. Head over to Maple Grove Partners. Dot com, and you can get that information over over there as well. Don't forget, we thank LastPass for their sponsorship of the show and uh, for them providing the app head over to homegadgetgeeks.com and get that downloaded free and easy shirts are still out there. If you haven't bought one, we're going to add, well, I just need to get with Addy. We're going to add some long sleeves. And then if we do a con, if we, if I do get a meetup pulled together this, this fall, uh, we will do a meetup shirt that you can get on there uh, available as well. Head out to the average slash shirt. You can still purchase those. I am committed. I've said this a million times, but this it's going to stick Mike. It's going to stick the newsletter. I'm going to get it out. Okay. Oh, so coming back. Huh? I'm, I'm going to try. It's going to okay. be super simple, but I, I, John is like, do get the newsletter going. So newsletter, averageguy.tv slash newsletter. You can sign up for it if you want. I will work my best to just, it'll be quick and simple and not very much writing, but it will talk about what's coming up uh, in the future. We are live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Central 9 Eastern here at the averageguy.tv forward slash live. We, if you're listening live, stay around for some post show. With that, we'll say goodnight, everyone.